Welcome. Welcome to A Resonant Life, produced by The Time Is Now Productions. I am Mike Thompson, your host and reflector-in-chief. Over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we will discuss experiences and insights about living a life devoted to uncovering our authentic selves and finding fulfilling purpose from the past, the present, and the future. To kick off our discussion, I'll share my opinions gathered from my life and experiences. Opinions between people are various, and we don't all need to hold the same ones. But it is fun to hear the opinions of others as it gives us an opportunity to freshen up our own. If you enjoy and gain insight, please subscribe and share. If you have questions, please email them. And as always, nothing we cover here is a proscription or a prescription. It is a discussion of life and life's internal and external experiences. So let's get to it. Hello. Hello and welcome to A Resilient Life. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, whether you're listening via Apple or Spotify or watching on YouTube, ho however you choose to join, I want to thank you for sharing your time. And if, if this is your first episode, then I wish you a special welcome. And I hope you join us in our efforts to uncover and discover ways means, and methods in which we can cultivate more abiding happiness in our lives and plant the seeds of happiness in the lives of others. It's all doable. It's all achievable. When we each engage in efforts like this, many small efforts come together to make big impacts on this world. And our world is so beleaguered these days by conflict, economic uncertainty, climate catastrophes. So let's, let's dig in and get to it. Let's not let any more time pass. So um, I was talking to a friend the other day and they were describing to me how, how some other friends were suddenly at odds, mutual friends, and they were, they were at odds basically having a really serious fight. And I realized, as, as that friend told me this, that, that I had been having this same conversation with others, other friends, acquaintances, and, and even some family. It felt as if suddenly so many of the people in my life were in conflict. This realization mirrored the sense of conflict and toxic disagreement that, that seems to be so prevalent in our world at large these days. And it was, <laughs> it was kind of depressing <laughs> to sort of tally it all up and see it all around me so close. But it also, it prompted me to, um, to give myself in my own life and relationships a hard look. Was I in conflict with anyone? Family, friends, colleagues? Was, was there anyone in my life with whom I was in conflict or even disagreement? This is the question. 
I posed to myself. And the answer to that question, the result of my examination, hmm, it wasn't yes, but it wasn't, it wasn't no either. How, how about you? Are you in conflict with anyone? Hmm, a small conflict or maybe a big blowout? Are you, are you taking like a total timeout from someone who is close to you or who, or have you even cut anyone out of your life permanently? Certainly, certainly, absolutely. There are times, situations, and people that, that do need to be cut out of our lives for, for, for any number of very, very good reasons. So, so let's be clear. We're, we're not talking about that kind of conflict, the kind that threatens our well-being, our health, or our peace of mind. For this discussion, let's focus on the conflicts where fractiousness or hurt feelings, impatience, frustration, insensitivity, these kinds of conflicts and misunderstandings lead us to feel negatively about people in our lives we used to be close to or people that we used to at least appreciate. Spiritual cues. Remember the idea of spiritual cues from previous episodes? In my life, as I described a moment ago, noticing that many people around me were in conflict with someone, having noticed this and, and that having felt it as, as pervasive, I took this as a spiritual cue, a spiritual cue to look at myself, to do a self-check. And as I said, the answer to my question, was I in conflict? While the answer to that was not yes, it was not no. Okay, let's, let's take a pause here and look at what Buddhism has to say about conflict. First of all, Buddhism, Buddhism promotes harmony. It encourages people in relationship and in community to be in harmony with those around them. And by extension, sort of in harmony with all of existence. But what does this mean exactly? Does, does, does it mean that everyone has to go along to get along? Does it mean that we can't have or express opinions? Or, or does it mean we can't even step forward to lead? That we can't express openly and honestly our unique selves for fear of bothering someone or upsetting someone? Rattling their sensibilities. I say no. Emphatically, emphatically no. Harmony isn't about everyone agreeing. It isn't about stifling or swallowing opinions. It's not stifling dissent. It's not swallowing opinions. It, it, it isn't even about everyone fitting into a one-size-fits-all way of being or personality. We, we are all unique, special, one of a kind, each one of us. We are one of a kind, a, a 
crucial piece in the tapestry of life and existence. And we can all have different opinions and, and still exist in, promote, and create harmony and harmonious relationships. How, right? How? <laughs> how do we do this? How does this work? Well, respect. No judgment. Acceptance. Respect. No judgment. Acceptance. That's, I think, the key. And I think that's the direction Buddhism points us. So how so respect? Well, respect is extending, extending grace to everyone. Allowing everyone we know or even encounter to, to have and, and own their own experience, their own perspective, and their own view without judgment, without our judging, without our judging them for their opinion, their view. That leads us then, what is judgment? Well, how about this? A judgment is an opinion that does not allow other opinions. It's a closed system. It's like, my way is right, and your way, your opinion, all of your opinions, they're wrong. I'm right. It's a closed system. It's an egocentric view of other people in the world. Me first, you second. I'm right, you're not. Okay, so next, acceptance. What is acceptance? Uh, we want, we need open systems. Open systems thrive on diversity and engagement. Closed systems oppress, confine, and condemn. Open systems, openness, is, is being willing to allow others to express themselves. And even if we don't understand or agree, we honor their perspective. We honor their way of being in the world. We, we share space and allow diversity to thrive. This is acceptance. So harmony, then, is a product not of holding oneself back so much or restraining oneself or covering up one's uniqueness. It's not so much that as it is allowing others to express themselves, to express their opinions and experiences and views, and, and allowing them to coexist with our own, even with equal value. It is making and sharing space, emotional space, intellectual space, physical space, cultural space. It is, it is, it is opening one's arms to embrace anyone and everyone as they are, where they are, how they are. 
<laughs> In today's world, this is exceptionally hard and complex, wouldn't you say? <laughs> These days where, where general agreement about facts, about basic things, basic facts and understanding of what is true versus what is fabricated or wished for or wanted, what is true, this agreement on what is true, what is truth is breaking down. Why? There's so many reasons why. There are some bad actors. There are people who are undermining harmony and the foundations of mutuality and respect by, by manipulating the media and, and pushing out false information for their own purposes, for their own profit, for their own agendas. The, the result is people are not able to agree on what is factual. It isn't, it isn't just disagreement about what the best way to go forward or act is. It, is. it is a disagreement about basic facts. It's fundamental. And this is toxic. This is a toxic environment. With, without agreed-upon facts, agreed-upon perspectives of reality, harmony becomes a real challenge. It's already a challenge with our own egos getting in the way all the time, turning opinions into judgments. But without a common basis, a foundation of reality, harmony becomes really frustrating, maddening. It's, it's crazy-making. But despite all of this, we need to keep in mind Fostering harmony is a concrete method. It is a practice. It is a practice that helps to create happiness and peace in ourselves and those around us, and by extension, the world. And these efforts are needed now more than ever. And we can engage in this practice despite the toxic forces trying to create societal chaos and conflict. In fact, I'd say it, it's vital, it's vital, it's crucial that we engage in this practice of cultivating harmony. Okay, I, I have a friend with whom I, I have diametrically opposite view on just about everything. I honestly cannot get my head around how this friend sees the world, to be perfectly honest. But this person, this friend, is someone I care for. I care for deeply. And, and they care for me as well. And it is this. This right here. This is the secret sauce. Mutual care. We care for each other. Mutual regard. We cherish the friendship. This is where we start. This is the foundation of harmony for us. And so we keep our relationship focused on that. Mutual care. And we avoid the worldly materialistic topics that move us out of harmony and openness into judgment. And if we cross over the line, which we do sometimes, and that sparks irritation, frustration, a wanting to just jettison this person from my life, 
But when we cross over the line, we go back to care. We quickly return to that home base. Mutual care and regard. Sometimes it takes a little while, but that's where the friendship exists and where the friendship can thrive and where I can have a wonderful relationship with a wonderful person. Now, honestly and frankly, and as, as you may have noticed, I do judge this friend. <laughs> Sorry, I do. Remember, I can't get my head around their worldview. That's a judgment, right? But I own that. That is me. I can't. I can't understand how this friend sees the world. But this isn't on him. It's not on him. I can't. I can't understand. It's on me. I have to own this. It is mine to own. And keeping that in my mind, I, I can allow my heart to remain in care and regard for my friend, at least most of the time. So digging a little deeper into the Buddhist view on this, conflict arises from ego attachments. Ego attachments are numerous. Boiled down, ego attachments are, are, are all the feelings, judgments, and attitudes that basically they start with I, me, and they accuse another, you, they, them of contradicting in some way what I want, frustrating me in getting what I want, what is mine, you deny me. That's the heart of ego attachments. And when those ego attachments are triggered, they're like firecrackers with very short fuses. We explode. Anger, resentment, hurt, betrayal, fed up, done. No more. The door of our hearts Slam shut. And we lock care out. We discard regard. So we're back to the ego. The ego, driven in part by instinctual drives and impulses, is filtered through our higher consciousness and intelligence. The ego is wounded and it either retreats or lashes out and shuts down, cuts off the other. That's what happens psychologically, emotionally, karmically. So, okay, practically, practically, Buddhist analysis aside, what do we have? We have our ego controlling our better natures, controlling the part of us that is pure, stifling our Buddha natures, our, our, our authentic selves. This is the nature and cause of all suffering and negativity. The cause is our ego taking control. And in every single episode of A Resonant Life, the antidote to this has been to act in ways counter to the way the ego acts and compels us to act. In the case of conflict with another person, especially a friend, the antidote to this is to engage with that person with care, with regard, to move to that emotional, psychological place 
where care exists for the other person. It means to apologize sincerely. Even if we are in the right, or at least even if we think we're in the right, apologize. Apology is powerful magic. Powerful, powerful magic. And if we can move our hearts and minds to that place of harmony, to that foundation of care, it will be an authentic and sincere apology. Care, grace, and regard. To do this, especially if the conflict is old or deep, it can be a physical reaction, literally a physical feeling of sickness or contraction. This is a reflection of how powerfully our ego wants to keep us in the right, never wrong, on top, ahead, better than. The strength of the physical, emotional, and mental reaction against doing something gracious, positive, and caring is an indication of just how powerful an action making apology is. It shows us just what powerful magic apology is. And forgiveness, what about forgiveness? Forgive and forget, right? Honestly, honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure if forgiveness needs to be a part of apology on either side of this, focusing on the foundation of care and regard. An unconditional apology does not wait on being forgiven. Because the apology isn't admitting we did something wrong. The apology is, is opening one's own emotional door to care and regard and knocking on the other person's door, asking them to join us in that space. So, so forgiveness isn't really a factor, is it? Forgiveness, wanting it or extending it, in, in a way, it's a hurdle to simply apologizing with the intent to reestablish that foundation of care and regard. In the present, in this present moment, in traditional Buddhism and Buddhist practice, there are many, many meditations and practices that examine the ego, examine attachments, karma, and, and that seek to purify. And as great as they are, as great as these practices are, as powerful as they are, apologizing in the face of conflict may be the most powerful and immediate. It is like a flash of lightning. What if, what if the person being apologized to rejects the apology? They just, yeah, screw you. Again, the apology is offered without condition. So rejection, being rejected, it it's disappointing and it's sad, but it's not in our control. 
The only thing in our control is what we do, what we think, what we feel and say. And honestly, there are some people with whom it may be impossible to reestablish mutual care and regard with, especially today. That toxic thread being woven into the fabric of our societies, cultures, and families is hard to counter. But despite knowing that some relationships are irreparably broken, it is important, even more important and vital, that we, we use this practice, especially with those with whom we may never be able to reconcile because it opens the door. It opens the door. It is an open system. Somebody has to open it. Okay, back to my not yes, not no on the question of, am I myself in conflict? Thinking on it, um, I realize I... I have been brusque to a couple of people. I've maybe steamrolled, maybe. <laughs> I have steamrolled over their opinions and discussions and, and conversations. <laughs> all small things, maybe, you know, in the world of conflict. All, maybe they seem small, but, but still, these small wounds can accumulate and eventually lead to conflict. Enough is enough, right? Enough is enough. Too many times, enough. So, so I apologized where I found those instances, those people with whom I'd been steamrolling or being brusque with. I, I, I apologized directly. And I returned myself to regard and care for them. And in that process, I think I'll be a better friend, be more aware of the strength of my opinions and personality and, and steamrolling people. I need to be more aware of that. Apology opens me up to that insight. And as I did this apology, as I stepped forward and did this practice, something even more magical happened. I could feel this pressure in my chest, a good pressure, a pressure that, that also it started to mist up tears in my eyes. And it was this profound feeling of gratitude, a feeling of being so very alive and grateful for the experience in my life. So grateful that I could do something positive. So grateful that I could see a way to creating more happiness for someone else, even if they didn't accept it. One of, one of the lessons of our lives that we have to keep learning over and over and over is that we can't change others. We can't make them in our image. We can't get them to see things the way we see them. We can't get them to believe what we believe. We can't get them to act the way we want them to act. We cannot really change other people. When we're trying to change others, we're trying to make them become what we think they should become. And that just doesn't work. That is ego energy, and it only leads to conflict in the end. But, but we can 
change ourselves. And by doing so, that can change others, that will change others. It gives them the opportunity to create insight and change themselves. If we're creating abiding happiness in ourselves, it will positively affect those around us. When we do, we, we burn like bright lights, joy, happiness. These, these radiate out and invite others in. An apology without condition opens our own hearts to care and invites, invites the one with whom we're in conflict to open their heart and meet us again in the place we can share a place of care, regard, and grace. It's a place of care, regard, and grace. And now, to, to any and all I've ever hurt, I'm sorry, truly sorry. Thank you for joining me again today. Let's, let's go forward into this world of conflict and want and, and be, be farmers of peace. Let's plant the seeds and grow this crop using the actions, words, and prayers of our lives to help others. Those are our seeds. That's the fertilizer. That's the water. That's the sunshine. To break down walls. Let's break down walls. Let's open doors. Her Holiness Keishu Shinso of Shinya Buddhism says, Foster harmony amidst diversity. I'm going to do my best. Thank you. Thank you for joining today. If you enjoyed what you heard here and want to hear more, please subscribe and share. If you'd like to share your own experience, thoughts, or ask a question, please send an email to mike at resonant.social. Theme music is courtesy of Stock Audios, distributed by Pixabay. A Resonant Life is from the Time Is Now Productions. Your support in all its many forms is deeply appreciated.